a deep dive into the Equifax breach, coming up in the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. There's real value in the quality of the information and based on some of the press releases that the company has issued and some of the analysis which has been going on, it seems like the hackers got quite a bit of valuable information. That's cybersecurity lawyer Emran Ahmad speaking of the personally identifiable information exposed to those who hacked the IT system of the credit reporting agency Equifax. We'll spend the next few minutes in today's security report taking a close look at the Equifax breach. First, let's review some basic facts. Last week, Equifax reported that it experienced a breach that lasted from mid-May through July. The hack exposed the social security numbers and other personally identifiable information of some 143 million American consumers. Hackers also pilfered credit card numbers of 209,000 individuals and dispute documents with PII of some 182,000 people. Equifax CEO Richard Smith took responsibility for the breach and pledged that the company must do better in safeguarding individuals. PII. This is clearly a disappointing event and one that strikes at the heart of who we are and what we do. I deeply regret this incident and I apologize to every affected consumer and all of our partners. Still, Smith and the company came under fire from security experts, consumer advocates, states' attorneys general, and lawmakers for the way Equifax handled the incident. Democratic Senator Jeff Merkley of Oregon questioned why several top Equifax executives sold company stocks mere days before the agency reported the breach. In reporting the stock sale, Bloomberg News said Equifax contends those executives were unaware of the breach when they sold their shares. Officials remain skeptical. Attorneys General in New York, Illinois, Massachusetts, and Pennsylvania have launched investigations into the breach. New York State Attorney General Eric Schneiderman says his office intends to get to the bottom of how and why this massive hack occurred. On Capitol Hill, Democratic Representative Ted Lieu of California called on the House Judiciary Committee to hold hearings on the credit reporting industry and to order top officials from the big three credit reporting agencies, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, to testify not only about the breach, but also how each company safeguards sensitive, personally identifiable information. And a group of Democratic senators introduced legislation Monday that would require credit reporting agencies to correct errors in individuals' credit reports. The Equifax breach is nowhere near the biggest hack ever. Last year, Yahoo revealed that breaches of the internet company exposed 1 billion user accounts. But the Equifax breach could prove far more damaging, as cybersecurity lawyer Imran Ahmed explains to my ISMG colleague, Joan Goodchild. Yahoo was a breach where it wasn't clear what information had been stolen specifically. For Equifax, you've got 143 million accounts, but the quality of the data that's been potentially compromised, financial information, social security, name, address, is very valuable to cyber criminals. What these guys are looking for, quite frankly, uh, are high value bits of information. So that includes financial information, health records. And the reason they like these information or these types of data, because they can very easily in the dark net sell these and create virtual profiles of individuals and sell them to other folks. So they'll be able to make, for example, $40 a pop potentially up to one account if they've got a really robust virtual profile on an individual versus a credit card information, which may just be a couple of bucks on the, on the dark net. Joining me to analyze the Equifax breach is my ISMG colleague, Data Breach Today editor, Matt Schwartz. Hi, Matt. Hi, Eric. Do we know how Equifax got hacked? 
The short answer is no. Equifax has said attackers exploited a website application vulnerability, but it has provided little to no technical detail. A lot of people think that its lawyers have told it not to divulge any information because if, for example, this was a vulnerability for which a patch was available and Equifax had not patched it, then presumably the case could be made that the company neglected its duty to safeguard information that it subsequently lost by having a robust enough security posture. What surprises you most about the breach? I don't mean to sound cynical or pessimistic, but I'm not at all surprised by the breach or its aftermath. One of Equifax's competitors, Experian, by 2015, had already suffered at least 100 data breaches. None of those were as bad as the one that Equifax has suffered, but data brokers seem to face few, if any, oversights or controls on how they do or do not secure consumers' information. It's also important to note that consumers are not the customers here. Consumers are the products. When data brokers lose their data, these products become victims. But these victims have almost no rights under U.S. law to seek any kind of justice from the data brokers that have lost their personal information and put them at much greater risk of identity theft. So credit reporting agencies' customers are companies seeking credit checks on consumers. That is correct. The data brokers are maintaining financial histories for consumers in the U.S. and other countries, and this information can be used to make credit decisions by businesses. Is the fact that Equifax is a credit reporting agency makes this hack worse than similarly sized breaches? Many industry watchers think so. Aviva Lighten, for example, at Gartner, says that on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most severe, this is a 10 out of a 10 breach. It's because the information that was being stored can be so easily monetized on the cybercrime underground, and it can be so easily used by ID thieves to do everything from creating fake mortgages in other people's names, also submitting fake tax returns to monetize the information by getting rebates back from the IRS that they don't have any legal recourse to. It really puts consumers at a huge degree of risk. Unfortunately, we've been seeing information like this leak for years. Anybody who became an identity theft victim in the next 30, 60, 60 or 90 days or two years or 10 years is going to have a really hard time saying, oh, that was because of the Aquifax breach. So much of this information has been getting out there for so long. It's an epidemic. And the people who could be doing something about this, namely Congress, have refused to act. What are your expectations of Congress? Well, Congress will make a lot of noise. They'll hold hearings. And I don't expect anything to change. Matt, please clarify a point. Equifax is offering free credit monitoring services to all American consumers. But there's a catch. Those that sign up for this program can't sue Equifax for any damages resulting from the breach. Is that right? Equifax got into hot water immediately after the breach because it offered or will offer any consumer in the U.S. one year of prepaid breach monitoring services. Now, some people see this as a really cynical ploy because typically an organization that gets breached will offer these services. It'll say, we're really sorry, you're at elevated risk of identity theft for the rest of your life. Here's 12 months of a breach monitoring service. And if you want it after that, you have to pay for it. This seems especially cynical coming from Equifax because they already offer this. 
So they're not incurring much, if any, additional cost by just offering this to anybody who wants it. In the language, if one goes to sign up for this service, it says that by signing up for it, you waive your right to sue Equifax. A lot of people looked at that and said, this doesn't look right. It looks like Equifax is saying, here's a free breach monitoring service. By the way, if you agree to get it for free, then you are not allowed to sue us over the breach. You've waived away your rights. It's the kind of overly expansive legalese that you'll find on almost any terms and conditions. But it was particularly bad looking, bad sounding for Equifax. In the wake of all of this, multiple organizations, including the New York Attorney General's office, reached out to Equifax to clarify, or in the case of the New York Attorney General to say, uh, this looks to be illegal. What are you going to do about this? And Equifax said, oh, we didn't mean what we implied in our overly broad legalese saying you can never sue us. That only applies to users of the product and it doesn't apply to this particular data breach. So Equifax quickly backpedaled, but it didn't look good. Thanks, Matt. My pleasure, Eric. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Finally, remember the accusation that the Russians used social media during last year's U.S. presidential election to influence its outcome? ISMG Security and Technology Editor Jeremy Kirk provides this update. Facebook says a review has concluded hundreds of bogus profiles and groups loosely linked to Russia bought divisive ads aimed at U.S. voters. The finding comes about four months after Facebook acknowledged that malicious actors used the network to amplify the buzz around stolen data or controversial narratives. Although Mark Zuckerberg initially said the idea that fake news stories influenced the presidential election was crazy, the company came under increasing pressure that had been methodically used to push false information. Most of the ads didn't name either Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton. Instead, the ads revolved around, quote, amplifying divisive social and political messages across the ideological spectrum, touching on topics from LGBT matters to race issues to immigration to gun rights. Although Facebook didn't give examples of the ads, issue-oriented ones may not violate the Federal Election Campaign Act. That forbids foreign nationals from funding election-related activities. Facebook also did not address exactly who or what entity placed the ads. But the Washington Post reported many ads had digital footprints of the Internet Research Agency, which U.S. intelligence agencies described as a troll farm based in St. Petersburg. Around 3,000 of the ads were placed by 470 fake profiles or inauthentic pages, which are profiles for groups. Some 2,200 ads were potentially politically related. The ads were placed between June 2015 and May and violated the company's policies. All the accounts and pages have now been deactivated, but Facebook's findings affirm the conclusions of U.S. intelligence agencies, which contend Russia used social media in part to influence the election. The country's GRU intelligence agency is suspected to have orchestrated a hacking campaign that targeted key political figures and a strategic leaking campaign that included websites and passing material to WikiLeaks. Facebook, Google, and Twitter have all pledged to take closer looks at how groups might be using their platforms to manipulate public opinion. That might be easy for outrageously fake news stories, but may prove harder with more subtle content. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time. 
Thank you.